What's up, everyone? Welcome to the XFL podcast, episode number five. I am one half of your host, Jonathan Risk. You can follow me at official risk right there on your screen. And I am joined with the general, MG Geek, coming live from Detroit. What's up, MG? Why are you so low? You need to sit up a little bit. There I am. Sorry. There you go. I was leaning into things. Did you have a good weekend of XFL football? Yeah, I did. Um, it was hectic around here, so I was in and out on a couple of the games, but I was able to follow along pretty much the entire time. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. A um, lot to get into, a lot to talk about. I have some thoughts. Um, I have some landscaping thoughts and some <laughs> painter thoughts and what the difference is. That is going to be the talk of the town uh, real quick. Once again, we are presented by Habibi Clothing, XFL Pod at checkout for 10% off. Let's get into the quick news and notes. So, the Roughnecks, the Renegades, and the Battlehawks, and you're leaving out the Defenders, look to be the oh, top I four did. teams. Those are the... Um, I think we actually might have saw the preview tonight of the... Um, Semi one of the semifinal games, so yeah, you think that. that's going to be the uh, the for the South? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think they uh, they looked very strong, um, both those teams, and we'll get into it. But that was a solid game tonight. It was a really good game, definitely better than yeah. uh, some better than the one before it. <laughs> There's a couple okay. teams that I think might be uh, might be pretenders. Um, mm-hmm. rather than contenders, and there's some that look like they've fallen off the map that I think they could still come back um, just based mm-hmm. on their schedule and pull out a couple victories um, to make it even. But, you know, the pack is pretty split. You got good teams and you got bad teams, and there's really no in-between right now in the XFL. Right. Um, and one thing for sure is Vegas does not have any type of home field advantage, unless the home field oh. advantage is similar to Oakland, when the Oakland Raiders played in the Coliseum where the stadium was oh. just that bad that it gave. The, it was uh, actually turned Vipers. out to be good. <laughs> yeah, oh. for the for the Raiders, uh, in this case, it would be the Vipers. But the issue is, is they don't practice there. They all practice in uh, San Antonio. Or not San Antonio, right. um, Arlington. So, correct. you know, it's not really a home field advantage for anybody. Um, so yeah, but we will talk about that field a little bit when we're reviewing the thing, the uh, the games. Excuse me, um, MG. I know you're old well, and decrepit, and you're an old, crazy, cranky man. So you don't like the language on the ESPN broadcast, eh? So not that I don't like the language. Um, it who who are you who are you trying to draw? You're trying to draw more audience. You're trying to draw families and kids. You're making this a kid-friendly product by making the bank of the prices um, lower. Um, there is something said about controlling that. Now, I don't know if um, – I just don't know what they do here. Do they – does ESPN go, hey, we're going to have to censor you. We're going to have to do something uh, with the live mics. Either – probably the easiest thing to do would be like a like a minute delay. Um but I don't know if they want to do that. It is kind of fun. Don't get me wrong. I love I love the banter. I love them talking back and forth. But there was who was that tonight? Which quarterback was it? Um, was it, I thought it was Plitt. Maybe it was Plitt. 
um, was just dropping F-bombs. Um, on, he was being interviewed, and he's just dropping them. And I'm like, or no, that's what it is. They put the camera on him while he was doing plays. And I'm like, if, if you don't want that on the air, you might want to move the camera. But the, but the announcers were talking it up like that was cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. What do you think? I, if I mean, obviously you're a little bit younger, and and you you are more, I guess, callous toward hearing the language. But yeah, um, I guess also just playing all the way uh, to college uh, football, I'm familiar with how it goes and what's said in the huddle and what's said on the sideline and what's said in the middle of what is a combat sport essentially with just armor, um, as I had one coach told me in high school. Um, so you're going you're gonna to have language, and I don't think you could um, necessarily correct that all the way while they're on the field um, and having candid conversation on the sideline. Now when there's a microphone being held in your face and you're doing a formal – even though it's kind of in an informal style on the sideline uh, interview in the middle of the game, you got to be able to uh, mind your P's and Q's in that moment. But in the middle of the game, it's kind of hard to dictate it. Um, And they were doing, I did notice this week, and I actually noticed it Thursday, um, and I thought it was like a glitch on the stream because I was watching on ESPN Plus, and there was like a DJ uh, scratching a turntable sound effect or like a rewind sound effect for you old heads, where it was like, rawr, 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 rawr. and I think hey <laughs> um, it it happened enough to where I was like, okay, this is it. Like, unless ESPN is just dropping the ball completely with this game stream, um, I turned on FX and it was happening there on YouTube TV, and I was like, all right, ESPN is not dropping the ball. This is their way of censoring stuff. Um, which is a unique way. I don't think I've ever heard a DJ scratch on television to censor something. That's more of a hip hop radio thing. But um, they <laughs> are they are doing change, things so, to yeah. yeah they mm. are doing things to uh, to monitor it. But I will say the uh, the NFL on ESPN's official Twitter account were uh, repurposing some of the clips uh, where there were curse words being dropped and mocking the fact that a curse word was dropped and not censoring the clip neither. So. It kind of seems like ESPN is just leaning into it, and yeah, maybe. But I think that's only, where we just are with it. Yeah, and you know, it is on cable. They they can do this. The only broadcast, obviously, those I don't know how many more games they have on ABC. Um, I imagine the playoffs and the finals will be on ABC, though. So um, let's see if I could pull that up. Um, I don't know. I have it none. No more ABC games until week six, which would be Brahma's uh, Renegades, March 26th. And then you don't have another one until week eight, which is April 9th. And then the following week you have one. The week after that you have one. And then we're into the semifinals championships, which only the championship is uh, ABC. The semifinals are both ESPN and ESPN2. Maybe they'll have something worked out by then. Um, it's not, it's it's not a deal breaker. It's actually fun. But I'm like, if you want to, I could see, I could see, uh, you know, if you want to get kids to buy into this league and and start cheering for that, and I could see parents pulling back, going, "Dude, you're not going to hear all that language." 
or I don't want that language in the house. I could, you know, it, you can see it from that point of view. But other than that, yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun. But like I said, I just don't think it'll hit. ABC sensors might be a little tighter, um, you know, and, and that's where a delay would actually help. But then we're going to get that. Then then if they do it too much, it's going to be the beep, 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 beep every 30 seconds. Mm-mm. Go ahead. <laughs> well, let, let's move on to coaching then so you get into another rant. You, how, how are you liking the coaching so far? We're two weeks in. What are you thinking? Um, I've seen some – Terrell Buckley. Is that his name? Terrell, uh, Terrell Buckley for the Guardians, yeah. Oh, my God. So he had a chance to make it a two-point game or a two-score game tonight or this afternoon. And – he instead by going, he would have had to go for three points and made it a two score game. Uh, and he chose to go for two points. <laughs> yeah. He missed it, but it's just like, come on, dude. You're you're not that good. You have to take chances to win. You have to do more stuff. And it's clear he's I think he know. I mean, he even said at the end of the game, he's he wasn't happy with his team, and I, I think maybe he realizes that he doesn't have the capabilities of going for a ten a ten yard pass in the end zone, which is essentially what it's going to be, uh, you know. But he did one, and then there was one, um, I believe one tonight that irritated me too. Um, <laughs> Coach XFL coaches irritating uh, MG. We need to get a sponsor for this segment. Yes, yes. Just, I mean, I, I know they're, I know they're, um, I know they're new. Some of them are new, but there's just some stuff that I, I can see. And some of it's just going to be figuring out what your teams are good at. Can do? Can you go for a three point play, or should you? Uh, that's where a lot. Of, anyway, that's all I got. I just got a couple of no- notes on that. It's something that I I like to watch to see how the coaches are doing. I'll I'll have more info on it as as the weeks go by. I'm sure if I see more stuff, I'll try to point it out. Mm. All right, you want to go into these games? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into them. What we got first? We had a Thursday night game. The we said it on Twitter at XFL Pod. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on the YouTube. Give us a thumbs up and hit that like button, all that good stuff. Um, but we said on Twitter that this is one of the most entertaining Thursday night football games ever in all the leagues. Um, the Battle Hawks came from behind once again and defeated the Sea Dragons 20-18. to 18. Uh, The total attendance at Lumen Field was 10,386. AJ McCarron went 22 for 36, 184 yards and one touchdown. Ben DiNucci, excuse me, went 19 for 29, 196 yards, two touchdowns. Um, the Sea Dragons just kept shooting themselves in the foot. MG, this is your team. Three fumbles. Um, Ellison fumbles after two plays um, in their only in the Sea Dragons' only third quarter possession, and Ben DiNucci fumbled in the red zone after a twelve play drive to start the fourth quarter. MG, as this has been selected as your team, I would like for you to try to defend them on why they um, why they lost, why they blew a lead. I, I... And how the hell does A.J. McCarron keep doing it? 
Yeah. Uh, AJ McCarron, um, although I didn't pick him this week, he he's turning out to be, he might be the, the most consistent quarterback in the league as time goes on. He had, a, I know he had an awful. Unconsistent. Right. Can't well, call just him to, consistent it, because he doesn't show up until the end of the I third was gonna quarter. Say, I, I know, but as time goes on, he seems to be able to figure out a way to get his team in, to win. Now, um, Sea Dragons, just ball security, man. They just, they were flinging the ball and just interceptions and fumbles. And I got to say, so one thing I will say, and this goes back up to what we were just talking about with coaching malfeasance. I forgot about this, maybe because it was Thursday, but uh, what's his, Jim Hazlitt deciding to go for three when all he had to do was get one point. Was it one or two? Hey, all he needed was one point, right? It would have made a four point four point game. No, I think he uh, needed I think he just needed the two. Um Yeah. But yeah, that was mm-hmm. one thing also that was one of my other top stories is the Sea Dragons always going for three, backfires on them. Could have went for two mm-hmm. and tied it up. Um, but they went for three and missed it. And that potentially cost yeah. them the game. Because you and I had uh, both picked them, and we were trying, yeah. and we were rooting for a cover, and so they, they would were minus they would have went and up, by, yeah, and they would have went up, um, and, and to four, they would have been up four, if they would have got that, and instead, really, all they needed to do was get two and at least have the tie, and then, um, of course, um, Battle Hawks go down and score and uh, get the win. The crowd there too was probably the most lively of the crowd so far. You know, one of, I should say, because the other day, um, the one in D.C., obviously, um, we'll get into beer snake Houston Houston was pretty nice tonight, too. Houston was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think all the crowds are really, they're they're really getting into it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the ticket prices um, being being affordable uh, because people are just going out there and having fun. So... And it's That's just all. a fun environment. Like you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. get a good game, even if it's the Orlando mm-hmm. Guardians, and it's gonna be a trash performance by one side. It's still a good game. But we'll get into that. Um, that takes us to Saturday, where um, a game happened in Sin City, and the talk of the night was not even about the game, but was about the playing surface. But before we get into that, the DC Defenders defeated the Vegas Vipers 18-6. to The attendance at the stadium was 6,023. Jordan Teyamu, um was 11 for 23, 93 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Luis Perez was 1 for 5, 0 yards. And Brett Hundley came in 11 for 18, 98 yards. DC has had three fumbles. They could have ran the score up, but it was a wet, rainy, sloppy day. Um, MG, do we possibly have a new quarterback to lead the Vegas Vipers in Hunley? Can he learn this offense well enough? He joined the team later than Perez did, which is why Perez started. Um, Cashman Field was just terrible, and we might even have a quarterback controversy in the district, the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. So... Let's get into the game, MG Geek. Is there a new quarterback in Las Vegas? Is it time? Do I need the funeral music? I got it ready. Do we need the funeral music for Lewis no, Perez? Well, Is he done? We'll, we'll we'll do that. We'll do those. Um, uh, see, I didn't I didn't look at it like that because they went back to both of them. They were playing, and then we've seen uh, um, another. We well, we've seen Orlando do it tonight too, where 
they're using two quarterbacks. And they're, I think the, te- the coaches are still trying to feel out what they want to be. They're trying two different quarterbacks to see what they, what's going to be the best going forward. Brett Hundley was new. What I didn't understand is Luis Perez got, what, uh, two series? And then they put Brent Hundley in. Um, so I was like, that seemed weird. I could see if you said yeah, one, you one guy's going to get the and no yards. Half. Yeah. If you have two yeah, series fair. and no yards and you go one for five, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, they did, um, they did flip them. I would like to change my yeah. allegiance. I know I picked Vegas Vipers as my team at the, in the first <laughs> episode. Now, Did I, I, I am now I'm declaring that I am a DC <laughs> Defenders fan. I am switching sides, and I have I have roots in DC, you so I'm allowed coat. to do it. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm oh, I'm a man. DC defend. Free the snake. I'm a Defenders fan. Let's go. Let's oh, go DC. My God, look, I'm oh. I'm hitching my wagon to uh, Derek King as my uh, as my MVP. Uh, so we're um, going. We're going yeah, so, uh, DC Defenders now. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. I think, and as far as the field goes, um, so we, you and I discussed this a little bit, and you brought it up in our, our episode one preview show about uh, yeah. the field and the Raiders' involvement. And I didn't know that. And when I so I did some research last night because you know because I was it was really irritating me how bad it was and how just it looked it looked borderline dangerous to be honest with you with the field yeah. and you could tell it was painted. They were playing on dirt. Um, that's why I said, when I opened, I said that, you know, someone, they need to hire a landscaper, not a painter. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about it, man. I think, I, I think, you know, they're, they're kind of in a pickle. They should be playing at Sam Boyd stadium, but uh, because of the, the lease with the um, Raiders, they had to decommission that UNLV still owns it. Um, I feel like it would be a good investment for us. Uh, I mean, there's so much money in that town. Uh, someone to come in and develop something and make like a cool venue that can host that and um, even concerts and you know, help help make it take it from a thirty thousand seat stadium to down to like twenty twenty and put a sports book on, on the top. You know. I mean, you are the gambling capital of the world. Do do something fun and different. I don't know. That's that's long term thinking. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, they just need a better venue. At the very least, I, I just I can't believe they couldn't find someone to fix the field. Um, you know, to make yeah. to do that. And to their credit, though, there there's going to be a um, soccer team playing there, which is going to make it worse. I think. Um, and that starts in. I just looked up their schedule. That starts in March. So like in two weeks, they're going to be playing soccer games as well. So interesting how that's going to how that's going to help the field or not. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you hit on it before. So basically, I saw the internet um, just just yelling and being angry and just upset at being like, why can't they be playing at Sam Boyd Stadium? And like you said, it's part of uh, UNLV's lease with the Raiders, and a lot of people were questioning online with how. This doesn't make sense. What the hell does the Raiders have to do? And if it's owned by UNLV, why do the Raiders have to get involved? So basically, in layman's terms, and you hit on it a little bit earlier, uh, when the Raiders agreed to let UNLV play in Allegiant Stadium, part of the agreement was 
uh, Sam Boyd Stadium will be decommissioned so that there was uh, it's a non compete clause essentially because um, the Raiders didn't want another football game happening at the same time detracting fans from Allegiant Stadium, which perfectly fine makes sense except for the fact that spring football with the XFL has nothing to do with the Raiders season um, unless that non compete floats over to other types of entertainment forms i.e. Um, there's a country music concert at Allegiant Stadium the same night that I believe it does game at actually. St. Boyd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and that's more, that was more of what right it was. There. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have situations mm-hmm. like that. Um, like you said before, UNLV is thinking about possibly either selling the stadium, redeveloping the stadium, demolishing the stadium and building the high school there. Um, one option that I think could be, go well for the XFL if we are talking about expanding possibly next season or um, just kind of keeping this more than a one-and-done thing, the XFL purchase it, turn it into a hub for the West Coast. So instead of all the teams down there in Arlington, you could split up the two hubs where you have the North reports to Vegas, the South reports to Arlington, and then you um, have a little bit more of a home field advantage where you do have those teams traveling East and West versus they're all traveling the same direction because they're all uh, located in Arlington. So that's another possibility. Um, like you said, with they partner up with the sports back Sportsbook ESPN's been giving out Caesars for all their XFL numbers. So let's just say that that's the de facto partner that the um, XFL has made because on NFL shows they use DraftKings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you could build a Caesars Sportsbook on top of it, like you said. There's a lot of things that I think the XFL could do, put up an XFL shop, and really make that a home and an attraction for, oh, what are we going to do in Vegas? Oh, we're going to go to the casinos. Let's go check out um, the – the Bellagio, let's go check out a show, see Chris Angel, maybe check out Allegiant Stadium. And you know what? Let's go to the XFL hub down the street, too, and let's go check that out and go get some um, some Viper gear and check that out, see kind of what it is. Um, and I think, I think that would be a perfectly good option if they want to spend the money. I even said to you, um, I even told you, I texted you uh, while it was going on, I was like, couldn't a, I feel like a casino would have property they could make a better venue <laughs> than than uh, this was? But real quick, uh, I don't think Danny Garcia and The Rock have have the capital to. They would have to bring someone else in to buy a stadium like that. But yeah, but that would be cool if they could. And you're right, that would be kind of cool. That's actually a pretty co- cool idea. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't. If there's some way that they could convince Mark Davis and the Raiders that there wouldn't be a um, a conflict of interest or something of that nature, I could see them getting a lease from Sam Boyd. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to to get out of that non compete. And Mark Davis wants all the money. That he could get. It's also been um, decommissioned, so there would have to be a lot of money to go into it to make it workable. You know, it's not that maybe, bad. Maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah, it need it needs some upgrades, but it's it's better right. than cash. It's gonna need somewhere, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, it's gonna, but it's gonna far. be better than cash. Mm. It's better than FedEx and, Field. Um, tell you that. Yeah. So there's I, not poop. Pipes I think you know maybe after people. the year, maybe after um, this year. 
XFL has success, maybe they will, you know, talk to Mark Davis and they'll get a legion for, you know, it's four games a year, you know. I feel like they could yeah. work something out. We saw uh, Derek King and uh, um, Jordan Tayamu uh, oh, yeah. both go in and out for D.C. So do you think there's going to be a um, a uh, quarterback controversy in D.C.? I mean, D.C. had 23. Uh, D.C. has re- relied heavy on the run. They only had 23 pass attempts versus 43 rushing attempts. Um, and Dury King had zero passing attempts. All he did was run, but he run. was a game changer. He turned the game around. He turned the game around. Um, he really he was did. the he, lemons he from was, week one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well put. Um, yeah, he not only turned it around, I think the coaches said and um, that they are going to do this. They're He's going to come in and, and they're going to essentially run wildcat almost with him for the most part, because the other team, Vegas had no, no answer for him as far as matchups. So that no. was the, that was one of the bigger issues there for him. And yeah, and you even put it out on Twitter. He, he definitely flipped that game and made yeah. it. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, they're moving the ball with this guy. And hey, pulled 18 it out. unanswered points, 18 unanswered points. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Um, into the mm-hmm. next game. That uh, we head to today, which is Sunday when we're recording it. Start off the day, the San Antonio Brahmas defeat the Orlando Guardians. No surprise there, thirty to twelve. Um, <laughs> both MG and I covered the spread here. We both picked the Brahmas at uh, three and a half. Um, the attendance at the stadium today, twelve thousand and eleven. Not a bad turnout. Um, in Orlando for the Guardians, Jack Cohn, 16 for 24, 165 yards, three touchdowns. Paxton Lynch, 9 for 19, 79 yards and a touchdown. Deonfre De- De- Francois, 6 for 13, 8 yards, one touchdown, one <laughs> interception. Um, basically, long story less long, Orlando's just bad. Orlando's just a bad team. Uh- from the coaching staff yeah. down. Orlando is bad. So I had a note in here on this. Um, there was in the, I think, the beginning of the fourth quarter. And it was when I really noticed the language issues. Uh, where you had a tight end yelling at the quarterback. And one of the tackles was getting involved. I mean, that's just bad coaching if you can't fix that in practice. That's just yeah. that's people going into business for themselves and every other uh, cliche I can come up with. They're just they just are undisciplined, not coached well, and um, Terrell Buckley is not a good coach. <laughs> it's, that's what it's coming down to. And then he said after he goes, "We're gonna have to change everything," and yeah, like everything, including yourself, maybe because this this doesn't look good. I am interested to see, and I feel like this would be the first team that would make a move relative to the coaching staff where, like, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how that happens. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not, like, a Mm -hmm. GM whose butt is on the line because the owner's going to fire him. Like, these guys don't have individual owners. It's all up to, it's all up to Dwayne, Danny, uh, mostly Danny. Mm -hmm. Um, as the chairwoman and um, the investment group as well. How do they replace coaches that are not 
fit in the mold? And when is that decision? Are you just going to fire the worst coach at the end of every season? Are you going to let the coach try to fix it and make OC changes um, beforehand? Like, how is this going to happen? That's what I think is going to happen. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, be very you're interesting. See assistant coaches flip flipped around. Now, maybe maybe a coach says, you know, I think I think if it's really bad, I think coaches might just step down, you know, and, and or or relegate themselves and say, you know what, he's gonna he's gonna be the head coach, and I'm just gonna run the defense or offense or whatever it is, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do that. Better. I think coaches have too big mm. of egos to do any of that. Oh, oh they do, be- they do, but. But if if you're losing every if you're if you're zero and eight in a eight game season and you're largely unproductive and not disciplined and yeah you're gonna have to I, people are not only that the, the fan base will because they they did draw fan base yeah. will turn on them quickly and so and they're there's that the aspect of it as well yeah they're still trying to yeah, win the they, city because they're new there and they got. Twelve thousand people in that, and given that stadium could seat up to like sixty, but I don't know. We should just stone everyone that picked Paxton Lynch to be an MVP. That's what we should just do. Yes, there was but just one person on. dead in that situation. <laughs> uh, the he was, final game he was bad night. again, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, terrible. Uh, we go on to the last game of the night. The Arlington Renegades lose to the Houston Roughnecks, fourteen to twenty-three. MG Geek pulls away on this one. He picked the Roughnecks at minus four and a half. So uh, if you're keeping score. Both of us split the weekend two and two, and the score right now will put it on the board, edited in post. I am five and three. MG is three and five, and that is how we are on the season. So when we pick games Thursday, if you are betting on them, you know kind of who to go to, you know, on who's picking the best games. <laughs> but the attendance yeah, yeah. in Houston was um, another good showing, 11,765. Not bad at all. The stadium sounded lively, sounded like it was rocking. Drew Plitt from the Renegades, 15 for 30, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Brandon Silvers, 14 to 20 for 14 of 28, 173 yards, two touchdowns. They did bring in another quarterback, but I didn't put him on the list because he had no uh, passing statistics on the website at the point of making everything. Um, so we'll go ahead and correct it Thursday if I made a mistake. Probably did. Um, top stories. Gotcha. Roughnecks defense looks legit, and it kept them they in look, the game yeah. because mm-hmm. they had some turnovers. Um, and the Renegades only had 107 yards total for the game. Yeah. Um, they they were able to just uh, just stick it, just try to keep with Houston. But at the end, Houston just finally figured it out and got hot at the end. Uh Drew Plitt looked pretty good coming down the stretch and they were able to, they also, they got a late PI um, that helped them. Um, and then they, then they were able to put two scores up almost simultaneously uh, toward the end of the game to kind of uh, ice it. Cause I, I didn't think I was going to cover. I was like, man, I might not cover on this. And then they came back in, got the one score and I'm like, okay, we're covered. We were exactly where we needed to be. And then they went and scored again. So, uh, cool. I, I did. I did like the end of this game. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. It was a good game. There was a lot of chatter on the internet from uh, Renegade fans that wanted um Kyle Slaughter to um 
to come into the game for the Renegades. He's backing up Drew Play. Uh, fun fact about Kyle Slaughter, uh, we share the exact mm-hmm. same birthday to the year. Um, so there's a fun nice. fact for you. Uh, <laughs> literally to the I just pulled that up on uh, on uh, uh, what what is this thing? Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, that's my birthday. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> he, I mean, he famously he was uh, undrafted to Denver, played in Minnesota, Arizona's practice squad, played in Detroit 2019, uh, played for the Browns on the practice name. squad, Raiders practice squad, Vikings again, uh, New Orleans Breakers, Jacksonville Jaguars, and now he's on the Renegades. Um, and people want to see him on the internet. People people are tired of Drew Plitt, and I think those two interceptions and the fact that mm-hmm. he kind of lost this game at the end, um, I'd like to see it. I, I mean, I but see, I also I thought like he, I don't know. I, I thought Plitt did good for uh, most of the game, but yeah, he, those interceptions, He it's, in this league, that's what's going to determine it. Is if, and I think I've, I've said this before, the accuracy of quarterbacks is something, you know, uh, you, you gotta be. Uh, you're gonna have to be more accurate, and interceptions are just gonna, uh, you, you know, because those like those can be some big swings, especially if teams are going for three. Then you can, you can definitely get yourself in and out of a game fast. And interceptions is just a free, basically a free points in a lot of cases. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with all of that. I think that kind of wraps up all of our thoughts for. Uh, this game, MG, out of all these games, what's your game of the week? Uh, Thursday night. I think that was Thursday the best night. game. Uh, Seattle Sea Dragons and the St. Louis Battlehawks. I got to tell you, St. Louis, you know, I know we said uh, uh, they, they, they have the ability. I don't know what it's going to, what it's going to take to not have AJ McCarron come back at the end of a game. We'll have to see how that plays out, but I, so far, his two games have been my favorite games. Just the end of the games are exciting. So, you know. Yeah, just mm-hmm. not give him, not allow him to have the ball at the end of the game. Should be pretty simple, right. but apparently mm-hmm. not. Um, my game of the week, just to be different, I'm going to go with the night, the last game of the week, the Renegades versus the Roughnecks. Um, Renegades were in it until the end. It was entertaining. It was back and forth. You texted me at the start. Roughnecks have this, and then by the time I got back to you, the Renegades were up, and <laughs> it looked like it was going the opposite way, and the game completely flipped. I think it was an entertaining game, and that is why I'm picking didn't, the Renegades Roughneck game. I did that Thursday, too. I text you. I was like, oh, man, Seattle's going to run away with this. They look so much better. Yeah. And then, and then, and I, I've done that now, like the end of the first quarter, two times now. And I'm pretty much like, okay, I was completely wrong by the time we get to the beginning of the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. So your, your predictions just, have not it, been the best this whole season, but it's all right. No, it's all right. You're gonna, no, we're, you're, it, we're, I'm, I'm learning. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting information. I'm getting better. Um, you know, I'm taking it all in. Let's That's get into that. player of the How week. How about or my player, my offensive player of the week is. Uh, we've already discussed him t- today. His quarterback, Derek King, D.C. Defenders. And for all the reasons that he didn't have, like his stats don't even look that great, uh, but he just the momentum. He was able to make plays, get a couple first downs, and get his team back um, moving the ball. And all of a sudden, they looked sharp. They looked better. They were able to run the ball. 
and he was that second um, uh, running back, basically. And they ended up um, uh, winning the game because of it. So that was my offensive uh, uh, player of the week. And the defensive is Delonte Scott, uh, defensive lineman from the Brahmas. Uh, seven total tackles, one sack, and two uh, TFLs. He was kind of all over the place. Um, so, yeah, so that's my defensive player of the week. Right on. So my offense player of the week is Jack Cohn, um, the quarterback for the San Antonio Brahmas. Like I said earlier, 16 for 24, 165 yards, three touchdowns, um, and just a whooping of the Guardians, you know, expected. Um, defense, LaCale London, defensive tackle for the Battlehawks, two forced fumbles, um, handful of tackles, was just a beast and helped uh, really those fumbles um, were at Pivotal points of the game Thursday night and really helped the Battlehawks pull off the victory. And with that being said, are you ready to give our updated power rankings, Mr. Gonzo? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So starting. They don't know the Mr. Mr. Gonzo thing on this show. That's right. They'll they'll catch on. (laughs) They'll catch on. They just got to like and subscribe this video. Um, Power rankings. We're starting at number one. Um, They're holding on to the spot from last week, and that is the... Uh, Houston Roughnecks at number one. At number two, the D.C. Defenders holding strong in that number two spot. Moving up a spot, the San Antonio Brahmas are doing big things at number three. Moving down a spot, I have the Arlington Renegades. They had to move down. I'm sorry about it. Um, And then moving up a spot, you have the Battlehawks. I know some people are going to say the Battlehawks should be higher being 2-0, and but they have still not shown to me that they could play a full game of football. So until they come out and win in all four phases, win in every quarter, and put together a good game, they're going to be creeping. If they keep winning in the fourth quarter, they'll creep up slowly. But if they want to make a big jump to that top three, they're going to have to put together a full game for me and for MG. Moving down a spot, the Sea Dragons. I have high hopes for them. They're my pick to win the championship. They still are. I haven't cashed out on that bet yet on my sports book. But um, they lost. They're 0-2. They lost two games in the fourth quarter. So but they should that, have won. Yeah. Mm, so because know, of that, they're that dropping down. Yeah, and then uh, falling off the bottom, uh, they haven't moved any of their spots. Number seven and number eight, respectively. The Vipers at seven. The Guardians still at eight. I told you last week. You mean number 26? Yeah, the the Guardians (laughs) are ranked uh, number 30, 33rd. I think at this point, I (laughs) I honestly think that the Alabama team we saw like there's always that joke could Alabama beat an NFL team and I think Alabama would be able to beat the Guardians right now. Paxton Lynch would throw six picks on Alabama defense. Right on. Mm. <laughs> but that's our power I, I, rankings. I, I, yeah. mm, okay. Let's get into um, our last segment, MG. MG's thoughts. Should I drop a bomb for MG? Drop a bomb. There we go. MG's thoughts. We're in MG's brain now. Oh my God, this is gonna be terrible. So I just got, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this back to you, Jonathan, and have you kind of wrap it up on this. But I have thoughts on the commentary. One thing I don't like, and maybe this is the old man in me, um, announcers that you are old, specifically, tr- yeah, 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 um, <laughs> announcers that specifically try to uh, 
make it about them or get themselves over. I don't know about you or how it came across to you, but Joey Galloway tonight, the last game, he just didn't seem like he was having he was he was pretty much mad. He was yelling at um Dean Blandino at one point. He was the when all the cussing was happening, you could see he was disappointed and he, and I, and it looked like he was get, not getting along with his broadcast partner at all. But I did notice that, and I and he, he seemed like he wanted to be the star. And I've never been a fan of that. There's been one guy in football that's been able to do that, and that's John Madden. Since then, no one else has been able to do it as far as being a uh, color commentator. You know, I hate when Tony Romo does it for a, a lot of the stuff he does. So these guys are all trying to be that guy that maybe gets picked up on a um, – another network and they're they're essentially uh, auditioning don't try so hard that's going to be the key and then the i don't know which guy it was from uh did the, the dc defender game uh in the vipers here they are talking about the field and they were trying their hardest to get that stadium over um trying to make it sound like they did good and then the color commentator goes but next week we get to go back to where the beer snake is going to be. And I'm just like, okay, it's a cool gimmick, but was that game that dis disingenuous to do disinterested in the game that you had to uh, actually go out on a limb and go, yeah, um, that sucked, you know, or I didn't like that. And um, I would rather just talk about the beer snake or I didn't, I didn't like, I should say, I didn't. I'm not interested in this game. I don't like what's going on. I'd rather talk about the beer snake that we're going to see next week. Apparently, I mean advertising, but getting yourself over is something that annoys me to it to a to a little bit of an extent. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on any of that? You are just a grumpy old man. You are. I, just... I am sometimes. 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 I, it wasn't. It's just like man. Let the let the play. Uh, you know, kind of dictated. That's all. Mm. You are so, so. Why are mm. you so grumpy? Um. Why are you? Because so I want to be. Mm. So so, John. Um, let me let me <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I will say, um, for the last game, I uh, didn't fully pay attention to the announcing just because, um, after watching so much football, uh. You know, sometimes you just got to put something else on in the background. I was watching, but, you know, turned down the announcers. Um, Joey Galloway's been um, announcing college games. So, yeah, someone that's coming from college. Right. But where it's, just, it's buttoned it, up, you have players that are trying to make it to the NFL. I mean, here you have players that are trying to make it to the NFL, too, but they're they're grown men. They don't, they're not worried about classes or this or that. They're just worried about trying their best to get to the next level football-wise. They don't have all this other stuff on the line um, rather than just their career, like the schooling and stuff. So you're going to be a little bit more free. I think it's going to take some adjusting for a lot of these college uh, guys. Um, I mean, it's a big reason Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet has said it multiple times. It's a big reason why it took him so long to – start announcing into in the NFL is he didn't know if he would get the respect for never playing in the NFL and it's just kind of a different feel you have different personalities until he kind of got a kick in the rear and was like oh I could do this and he did well on Thursday night football um announcing in the pros but I think that 
I think that takes some time, and I have faith that it could get there. I do agree with you that some of the announcers uh, take make the spotlight a little bit too big on themselves when we're trying to watch about football. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the I would beer like more ex- the DC- explanation of the action, that's my thing, right? It's just more explanation of the action. If I had to sum yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the DC defenders thing, the game was miserable. The weather conditions were miserable. The field was miserable. The gameplay was miserable. So you got to talk about something positive to try to keep people okay, coming back to I'll the next give you game. That. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I will give them the, like, yeah, the beer, sna- like, this game is terrible, but guess what? We got the beer. Like, that's how you got to take it. You know what? I mean, and he should have just said that. Yeah. It's but, just advertising. Yeah, that's what I was saying, right? You can't shit on the game neither because you're brand new product. If you're shitting on the game, you're mm-hmm. essentially, you know what I mean? You're you're burying it. You're you're burying the league yeah. right there. And just I know like, some people just like are they were saying, trying to talk up the field and trying to trying to turn it into a positive. And it was yeah. clear that that field was not in good shape. But that's but it's one of those there. things where it's kind of like it's it's the fine line of insulting the intelligence of the audience while also trying mm-hmm. to not bury a brand new entity because it basically yeah. is a brand new yeah. entity. I can agree and with I love that. The, I and I love that. the word entity. But mm-hmm. <laughs> with that being said... Hey, that's a great word to end this on. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap... The name of this episode, Entity. No, that'd be horrible SEO. <laughs> um, let's wrap up this episode of the XFL Podcast. Next week, Thursday, we will be back to pick every game against the spread. It's going to be a good one. That'll be episode number six. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to send us a tweet. Drop a comment below. We're checking out the comments. The few of you that have left comments, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, so that helps us with the algorithms. If you're listening on the Apple, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever podcast platform, give us a rate and review. Help us with the algorithms. I am Jonathan Risk. You can follow me right there at Official Risk. He is MG Geek. You can follow him right there. I always point the wrong way. At number two, <laughs> Fight Forever for our uh, audio listeners. Don't forget, we're on video on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, there is video there. We're on YouTube at the XFL Podcast, at XFL Pod on YouTube. Running down a list. Habibi Clothing, HabibiClothing.co, XFL Pod for 10% at checkout off your order. MG Geek, am I missing anything? I think you covered everything. There we go. Follow us at XFL Pod. Like and subscribe this video. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Until next time, peace. Peace.